Hey everyone, this is John. Just a couple quick notes before we get the show started today. If you've downloaded or you're listening to the episode uh, the week it's released, our next monthly Twitter chat for the HR Social Hour is Sunday, February 25th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be talking about side gigs, paid and unpaid. Uh, if you want to find the questions, those are going to be at uh, Wendy's blog. And then also, if you're in the greater Richmond, Virginia area, next Tuesday, the 27th of February, I'll be presenting at Three Chopped Presbyterian Church with a group called Career Prospectors at 7.30 a.m. that morning, doing a presentation on job search and how to prepare for career events, job fairs. So again, if you're in that area and you're interested, hope you'll attend. You can contact me if you need more information. And now here's the show. again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Episode 3, John and Wendy talk to Ann Tomkinson. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. Hello, John. How are you doing tonight? I, I am well. We're gonna, we had a technical glitch there for a minute, which we thankfully <laughs> solved early on, so we didn't lose a whole lot, but uh, excited to be here and, and, and get this third episode rolling. Uh, Wendy, how have you been? Yeah. I've, I've been very well. Uh, it's not so cold here in South Dakota right now, which is pretty awesome for late January. Um, and uh, just trying to keep things moving forward as we uh, as we move to on in the year. How are things out east? We're uh, having a, a heat wave. Uh, <laughs> January has been a difficult, uh, it's been been cold for us. And so yeah. thankfully, uh, un unseasonably warm this week. We'll probably get back That's to good. Closer to normal, but uh, enough about weather. Let's let's uh, yes. let's talk about our guest. I'm really excited <laughs> to have our guest with us tonight. I reached out to her a few weeks ago and said, "Hey, Wendy and I are starting this new adventure that moved out of the chat, and love to have you on board." And and she was so kind to say yes. And so, uh, Wendy, I'll let you make the introduction, and we'll get we'll get started. Awesome. So I am I'm so excited to welcome Ann Tompkinson to our show. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting and hanging out with, with Anne last uh, November as we were at the Sherm VLS conference. Um, spent a couple of evenings hanging out, chatting, and uh, just getting to know each other. So I am excited to uh, share her with you all. So Anne has been an HR practitioner for nearly 14 years, uh, primarily in employee relations and as a generalist department of one. Uh, she currently serves as a director of certification on her local D.C. SHRM board, focusing on giving members the tools they need to achieve certification. She also heard, holds, excuse me, she also holds her SHRM uh, senior uh, level practitioner. She is passionate about diversity and inclusion, and she also serves on the board of Little Lights Urban Ministries, a local nonprofit serving under-resourced families and children living in public housing in D.C. And welcome to the show. And as always, our first question is, what's in your glass tonight? Uh, thank you, Wendy and John, so much for having me. This is really exciting. I'm, I'm <laughs> thrilled to be part of this groundbreaking um, thing that you guys are doing here with the podcast. I really am. Uh, what, what is in my glass tonight is 
um, a cup of hot tea. It is my uh, <laughs> typical typical evening drink. Almost any night you can find me with a cup of hot tea. And I uh, did some onboarding today, so I feel like I spent the whole day talking. And so I knew oh. I needed a little bit of tea before I got on the podcast as well. Any awesome. uh, any honey, milk, anything to give it a little kick? No, you know, I just drink it straight up. Very good. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've had this question asked for you before, but I am very curious, uh, and I know we've had a chance to talk a few times, but how did you get into uh, into HR? Um, you know, as so many people did, I fell into it, um, but a little bit differently than I've heard a lot of people. A lot of people talk about they fell into sort of the administrative side of things, and, and they picked up, I don't know, transactional stuff, and, and then it grew from there. I actually fell into the employee relations side of things. I My previous career was as a sign language interpreter and I had been doing a lot of freelance work and I joined staff with an agency and um, I was I just started getting involved in things like employee morale and stuff and so I ended up becoming an employee relations work group leader I did a lot of stuff with onboarding again the employee relations part of onboarding finding people um, like buddies when they joined the organization, making sure that people felt plugged in. I built content for the company intranet. Um, and then it grew from there. And a few years later, I moved on and I took all that into HR and got a job as the director of HR someplace and realized I really didn't have a clue on the technical <laughs> transactions. <laughs> and I ought to go get me some schooling. So I did. And then, yeah, became a generalist, and mostly since then, I've been a department of one at various places. That's awesome. I, I love that story. So your uh, your HR experiences, especially right now, is kind of opposite of mine. Um, in that you're a department of one, and you've done that a long time. I have not. I've always worked in large corporations where I get to do like one thing. So. Tell us a little bit about what it's like being an HR department of one, some of the highlights, the challenges that you face. Sure. I think for me, one of the things that I love about being a department of one, um, sort of by definition, it means that you're working at a smaller organization, which means that you really get to, it, you can be very, very high touch. You get an opportunity to pretty much know everybody that works at your organization. I've worked places where I literally was able to know everybody. I've worked places where, you know, maybe 150 people and maybe I didn't know every single one. But, I, you know, I kind of knew everybody's name, and I like that. I like being able to know everyone. I like that when there's um, – if a manager is having um, – a performance issue with a staff member that I'm not kind of hearing about it second, third hand, mm -hmm. but that I'm the person that actually gets to coach them nice. and kind of talk through it with them. And, and at the same time, be that strategic partner at the senior level that's helping, you know, create policy and change culture and develop the organization as a whole. And I just feel like the department of one suits me because I get to do sort of from top to bottom, all of it. The, you know, the, the downside is you have to do all of it, right? Um, so it's like, yes, I can make those strategic decisions about benefits, and then I can make sure that we go through open enrollment and everybody fills out their paperwork, right? So, you know, not every piece of it is fun, but I also kind of like knowing in my head what every single person in my organization is doing as far as their benefits go, and that it's really easy when I'm um, – reconciling invoices because I will spot in a second, like, no, 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 no. I know Susie, it, you know, doesn't have depend 
maintenance. That can't be right. Um, so, you know, it, it works for me. I can see how it doesn't work for everybody, but it really works for me. That's cool. So, Anne, I think we've mentioned it in your intro, and I know you're very, very passionate about inclusion and even co-hosted a, a Sherm Next Chat last year on the topic. And I'm curious, you know, how do you go about it, when you talk about being that Department of One and having so many, uh, so many focus folk, foci, I think, or foci being the, the <laughs> but but how do you go about ensuring that that you're demonstrating inclusion in your workplace and and in the, uh, in, in where you work and where you where you are. Sure, um, and I would say areas of focus so that I don't have to figure out what to do with the word focus. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> like I I don't know what the plural is. I'm just going to get rid of it. Um, you know, I ended up posting that next chat in part because I tweeted a lot when I was at the Sherm Diversity and Inclusion Conference in San Francisco. And so um, some of it is just from, like, talking a lot and having a lot to say. People want to listen to you. Um, but I, I think the thing about diversity and inclusion that has really been um, building in me and that conference kind of put words around some ideas that had, that had been, you know, building up in the back of my mind is that we have to build inclusive spaces first. So you can't say, um, I want to become a more inclusive organization, so I'm going to hire more diverse people, people that don't look like everybody else, or people that don't have the same educational background, or people that aren't the same in whatever way that you've identified that you're lacking in diversity. I'm going to I'm gonna go out and find a bunch of people that are different. Um, because until you change the space, those people aren't going to feel welcome. It's going to be hard to bring them in, but even if you do bring them in, they're not going to feel welcome. They're not going to bring that diversity. The only way for them to succeed is to change themselves, to become like what the setting is that you already have going on. So for me, what I've really been working on more and more um, is this idea of looking at the space that we've created and looking at where it's really homogenous and disrupting. Um, coming up with ways to break that up, coming up with ways to challenge it before you even get to the point of trying to bring in new people so that you're creating a space that's really, really welcome. And some of that is saying, hey, look at this. We've always done it this way. Everybody's doing it the same way. Everybody's thinking about this the same way. What are some other ways that we can think about this? And who do we need to ask to come in to show us some other ways to think about this? So that you're not just saying diversity for diversity's sake. There aren't enough people from some other different ethnic background. But you're saying, well, wait a minute. What's missing here? And who can we invite in to come and share their knowledge and their stories and their different ways of looking at things? I've also been trying really to challenge um you know, that homogenous group thing so that it, it, it can be very easy when we talk about diversity and inclusion to just be um, uh, what somebody has called eyeball diversity. We're like, well, let's just make sure everybody doesn't look the same and let's make sure that different ethnicities are represented and let's make sure that different genders are represented or um, let's make sure that different generations are represented. And and you just are looking around and doing that. But then you're still, again, you're collecting people who kind of think the same. So that idea of sort of challenging group think looking for innovation and creating spaces, I guess. I mean, that that's really at the heart. That's what's been coming down for me. Um, and I'm rambling, so edit some of this down. <laughs> but, but 
but that creating inclusive spaces first before we start inviting people in. I think we've had it backwards. It's been like, let's create diverse spaces and then let's make them inclusive. And I'm like, no, let's make these spaces inclusive. Let's break up what we've got. Let's disrupt where we are. And then we can invite in a diverse group and they'll be welcomed and um, we'll be ready to hear from them. Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah, I think it's a great <laughs> point. I think I think absolutely. So often we, uh, we, we try to invent... Or to your point, the, the you know that just visible uh, mm-hmm. diversity, and absolutely, if somebody sees that, they pick up on it quickly and realize, hey, that this isn't really what I'm about or what I where I need to be. And and you know, we see those numbers don't ever really change. So I love that idea of let's let's fix the fix the fix this piece before we really mm-hmm. try to, to make mm-hmm. that change. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I, I do too. I think. Uh, I'm actually sitting here going, ooh, Anne, you and I need to have an offline conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, as I sit here in one of the whitest parts of the country. Um, but I, I think that uh, I, I love your ideas. And um, I, I think right now I'm going to challenge you to, to create your, to do a Disrupt HR talk on that topic. Um, I, I think that would be fantastic. I think you need to do that. I would love to do that. I need another, <laughs> I, I need another Disrupt HR that's, that's on the East Coast that's a lot closer to home. <laughs> you don't want to come to Brookings? Come on. I, you know, it's not that I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to. You're there. Of course I would exactly. love to. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. So now it is time for what will soon be everybody's favorite part of our show. It is the eight, the half hour question connection. And these are questions that we give to all of our guests that come on, um, regardless of their background or who they are. So our first question is, do you remember how you first connected with us? I believe that I connected with you because I went to uh, SHRM 17 last year in New Orleans. It was my first ever SHRM conference. And somehow, after registering, I got an email or something saying, we're going to talk about SHRM 17 on Next Chat. And I thought, Next Chat, what's that? So <laughs> I got on Twitter, and I got on Next Chat and fell into this incredibly wonderful world, um, became a Next Chat junkie. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where it was. I'm pretty sure when you guys were all, you know, we're not going to be able to be at SHRM, and I think you started the not at SHRM hashtag. Yeah. Um. And from that, it just kind of grew. And I thought, well, what is this social hour? Let me check this thing out. And <laughs> I had got to know you guys from Next Chat anyway. Um, and I, I do believe that's how it started. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm curious, you know, one of the things that we're really key on is is networking and, and bringing that to the podcast uh, and helping people network. Can you talk to us about how it's helped you in your career and what's been a really effective networking measure for you sure um so i am lucky in networking in that i'm an extrovert and i will chat up strangers in the grocery store and i will tell anybody uh, all the finer details of my life i've got like no filter so <laughs> it's easy i understand that not everybody can walk into a room and just do that uh, but it's super easy for me um networking has been huge in my entire career almost every um position I have had since I got into HR. I'm trying to think if there's any exceptions. Every single uh, position that I have found has been through networking. 
either somebody reaching out to me or me kind of putting it out there to my, my network and saying, Hey, I'm looking for something. Um, I've, you know, done the apply on LinkedIn and got interviews, but every job that I have landed has been because of networking, but way more than just being able to find a job because there's a finite number of times that you're going to want to do that in your career. Networking creates this whole like crowd of people. And I think especially being a department of one, I don't have anybody at work that I can really bounce HR ideas off of. I don't have anybody that I can say, well, what about this new law? How is it going to affect us? What if we do this policy? You know, I've got folks at work that I can talk to about how it will affect our employees, but I don't have that HR perspective of what, where to go next with something. And so having a network of people that I can go to and that I can say, I was thinking about doing this. What's the upside? What's the downside? Talk it through me. Um, am I going crazy or is this really not right? Um, you know, whatever it is. And if I'm looking for, you know, I need a referral. I need, I'm looking for a vendor. Tell me about the stories. What vendors do you love? What vendors do you not like? I think especially, again, being a department of one, having that network of people to go to is huge. I find that I, I, some of my network is my local D.C. Sherm chapter. Some of my network is um, another D.C. area listserv that I'm on. And a lot of my network developed over Twitter. It's amazing to me to think that actually it was last year about this time. I wasn't even on Twitter. <laughs> and now, right, and, and you're like, really? Because she's on all the time. <laughs> it's addictive. <laughs> She never stops. Um, but now I have this whole national network, and it was so great. Wendy, when we met at VLS, it was like, oh, this is fantastic. I get to see you. Yes. But, John, you know, I was on, I think it was Next Chat, and we were talking about internships. And I was like, oh, I've been tasked to create one. I don't, I'm not sure where to start. And you said, oh, give me a call. And I did. And we talked on the phone for a long time, and it was great, great um, framework for me to build on when then I, I when I then had to do it on my own at work. So that network just it's an entire support system well beyond the, how am I going to find my next job? Yeah. Awesome. And, and how do you, um, how do you give back to the HR community? Well, um, I am on the DC Sherm board as the mm -hmm. director of certification. I strongly believe in certification. I mentioned earlier that my previous career was as a sign language interpreter and I was a nationally certified interpreter in that, career. And so I've seen the importance of having that credential that, um, you know, we all know that, that there are plenty of great HR professionals that hold a certification, but the certification tells people, especially people who don't know HR, that you really know what you're doing. Um, so I, I am enjoying giving back in that way. Um, it sounds really, really presumptuous, but I'm kind of loving blogging. Like, <laughs> I, it just, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds so egotistical. I give back because I blog. Like, I have, you know, <laughs> I, I have the wisdom. Um, but do. I do think it's... You do. <laughs> I do think it's that sharing of ideas. Because, Wendy, you blog too. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's it's part of that sharing of ideas. So it's it's not... It's like a form... It's a form of networking and a form of giving back and it's a way, you know, it's the way we do today, the way we share back and forth with each other and different ways of thinking about stuff. Um, so that, but I think at the local level in actually getting involved in my local chapter, I think it's just good to be on the ground and doing something so that local people who may not be plugged in at the national level and may not be plugged in on Twitter or plugged in in other places have, you know, creating those local chapters gives people 
someplace to go, someplace logical to go. If you've never heard of Next Chat and you've never heard of um, even HR blogging, then you don't know that it's out there. But if you know anything at all about HR, you know about SHRM. And if you just play around on their website for a minute, you realize, oh, there are local chapters. Let me check it out. It's a logical mm-hmm. place to go to give back because it's a logical place for people to go who are looking for something. Awesome. And who do you read or follow it for HR Insights? You mentioned, you know, obviously as the Department of One, you're probably maybe looking for things sometimes that maybe I'm not looking for or uh, Wendy may not be looking for. But who do you who do you read and follow for, you know, inspiration and insight? Uh, well, I do read Wendy's blog. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to start paying people probably. <laughs> <laughs> I subscribe to your blog, but I think you subscribe to mine too. So it's like we got you. I, you don't have to charge me because you're reading mine too. Um, so I do a lot of. I do a lot of blog reading. I do. Um, I I try and read books. I'm not really good at reading books. Um, I'm good at blogs. I am trying to listen to more podcasts. I've been listening to, um, is it Hostile Work Environment? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Um, I listen to some other podcasts that are more like diversity and inclusion based as well that aren't necessarily HR. Um, I don't, there are a couple of go-to blogs that I try and really keep up with, but I do things like Steve Brown on last Friday said, I'm going to highlight some blogs and he just went through. And so I'll just sit there and I'll spend some time clicking on every single blog that Steve mentioned. Um, I'm almost afraid to like give names because I will miss somebody, but like there's, there's tons of them out there all the time. Um, I will also read things like articles from the Harvard business review. Um, when they're HR related and they seem interesting. Um, but that's mostly, and then to your point about if there's, you know, something to follow and if there's something I'm looking for, I do use the Sherm connect a lot. Um, if there are specific questions that I have that I just want to kind of, you know, get the, the national HR hive mind and see what people have to say. Cool. Love it. Um, Favorite movie and why? I'm, yeah, <laughs> I I'm so predictable and traditional, but my favorite movie really is Casablanca. Oh, we haven't had um, that. That's a great answer. No, that's that's a good answer. It's a, it's an awesome movie. It it just is. It stands the test of time. It's got romance. There's some humor. It's it's beautifully done. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just it's a classic that has all of the elements that you want in a really great movie. It's got lines that we're still saying today. People don't even know where it came from. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's just it's got everything, and it's moody, and it's it's I don't know, it's it's, it's got all that that Moroccan flavor to it. Yeah, it's just a great movie all around. How Good about choice. your oh, How about your favorite musician or band? I like a lot of classic rock. Um, I, so I, I was, I, I read that. I was like, I don't have a favorite. How can you narrow it down to one favorite? What, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite current band that's that's not like a classic rock band, but that's really doing a lot of stuff now that's a lot of fun to see in con- concert is the Tedeschi Trucks Band. So they I do like. 
They, it's uh, Derek Trucks, who used to play with the Allman Brothers, and Susan Tedeschi. She's got this great bluesy voice, and it's Ooh. like blues, rock, country, roots kind of stuff. Uh, really, really good stuff. Nice. I highly recommend them. Yeah. All right. How about uh, a favorite TV show? I am right now watching a show called Wanted. It's a Netflix original out of Australia. It's, it is amazing. So it's two women who are strangers who are at a bus stop uh, get involved in uh, like a bad cop drug deal murder kind of thing. And they are now on the run. So they're on the run from the bad cops. They're on the run from the drug dealers. They're on the run from all these different people. And it's, it's really well done and it's fun and it keeps you like kind of on the edge of your seat, although you know that they're not going to die because they are the protagonist and there's still more, you know, it's a TV show. They're still (laughs) going to be there. Um, Two strong, really strong female leads uh, that don't really, there's not like romantic stuff for them. It's not about that. Um, Very well done. I'm enjoying it. So, so Anne, when you're not watching one and maybe not checking out the uh, uh, classic rock or, or Casablanca, what else do you like to do outside of work? When you put all the HR things away, what do you like to do? Spend your time. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like when you put all the HR things away. <laughs> put all the work things away. What do you like to do? Sleep. Yeah, sleep there's nothing to away. <laughs> um, well, you that know, so I am. Perfect answer. <laughs> I am on the board of a of a nonprofit, so that takes up some time. I do enjoy bicycling. Um, I have two amazing granddaughters who are the most perfect children ever who live down in <laughs> South Carolina. So I like to get down there and see them or FaceTime with them. Um, been married a long time and still really like hanging out with my husband. That's, yeah, that's all I got. Sorry. Awesome. All right. Well, and we know you had a career before um, what you're doing now, before being a department, <laughs> HR department of one. So at this point um, in your life, if you were no longer in HR, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? I think about this sometimes because I think, what will the next chapter look like? Um, I I think that I might like to do some coaching, which isn't, I guess it's not completely not HR, but it wouldn't be Department of One, but to do like career coaching and executive coaching, um, Mm -hmm. I think. A few years down the line, that might be what the next act is. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. And I want to congratulate you because you survived the question connection. And uh, hopefully it wasn't too painful. I'm sorry I made you put everything away. But uh, <laughs> but I like sleep for sure. That's at the top of my list a lot of times. Um, we really have been – it's been so great having you on. This is your chance to, to promote, advertise. How do you – how would you like listeners to get in touch with you or what, what would you like to have them check out? Uh, yes, please. Um, follow me on Twitter. Um, I go by Ann Tomk, A-N-N-E-T-O-M-K. And, um, I would love to connect with people there. I do write an HR blog. It is called HR underground. Uh, you can find it at hrunderground.wordpress.com. Um, or if you follow me on Twitter, the link is right there. I also recently started a non HR blog. It is, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, <laughs> it's um, me putting it all out there on my faith journey and just sort of 
um, ponderings about life. And you can find that at the road less pedal. Uh, if you are interested in that. And I think that's really about it. I am not real great with the social media. So it's, if you don't do Twitter, I'm sorry, we can't connect. <laughs> well, we, we, we will be sure we'll, we'll have all those. Uh, we'll have links to all those in the show. Perfect. Notes. Yep. So, and Wendy, yeah. how about, how about, how about you? How can our listeners find you? Oh, just like Ann, you find me on Twitter. Um, I am uh, Wendell, W-Y-N-D-A-L-L-9-3, um, or on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Uh, daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. Also, be sure to join us on the fourth Sunday of each month at 7 Eastern for the HR Social Hour chat on Twitter. John, how about you? You can always find me on Twitter at John, J-O-N, underscore Thurmond, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. I'm also always happy to connect on LinkedIn. If you want to send a note uh, saying, hey, John, I heard you on the podcast and love to connect, I'd really appreciate that. If you have questions or comments about the show or our monthly chat, you can send us an email at hrsocialhourpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook if you search HR Social Hour. You can find the show at hrsocialhourpodcast.com. We're also on iTunes and Podbean, and we'll continue to add other providers throughout the year. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us. Give us five stars. We'd really, really appreciate that. It'll give us more visibility as, as we've started this adventure and continue moving along. So, and again, thank you for being on the show. And so once again, for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. We'll see you next time. And always be sure to connect. Give back. And network. network. Thanks, everybody.